Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th. 2012, and today is the 11th day of May 2016. This is episode number 1296, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this for the Sully Baseball Studios in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin and all-star center fielder, you can look it up, Jock Peterson. Hey, Dan Petrie was born here. Hey, we're just a line drive from Sunken Diamond, the baseball home of the state for God. Blah, 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 blah. Approaching episode number 1,300. 1,300 will be episode number, uh, well, that's what will be 1,300, and it'll be on Sunday. Uh, I've not recorded that. I don't know what 1300 is going to be. Uh, it's going to be a Sunday, so Sunday request, and that should be fun. Hey, uh, as I said before, my birthday's coming up. What do you give the podcaster who has everything, and by everything I mean a podcast every single day, probably for the rest of his life? Uh, you can do a couple things for me, all of them free. You can, subs- you can subscribe to this. You could write a review on iTunes. You could suggest the podcast to someone else and via Twitter, like you have two of your friends who you dig, who you dig, who diggity dig, dig, dig. I'm, 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 my brain's in a weird place right now because I'm in between terms of my master's degree. And so when you're in that sort of neutral zone, you're like, oh, I haven't started my new classes yet. I got I got about a week and a half before I have to get back into the groove. So you know, it's like, what do I do? Well, you recorded some podcasts is what you do. And if you go on Twitter and you say, hey, take two friends. You must know two friends who would be able to dig this podcast if you're a regular listener. And go and tweet them. It's like, hey, Lou. Hey, Joanne. You dig baseball? You'll like this podcast. Boom, boom. And there you go. There you go. And send that off. And the other thing you can do, if you like podcasts, Go to iTunes or go to Stitcher or go to wherever you do, SoundCloud, wherever you use, uh, and subscribe to the podcast Real Crime Profile, which I'm also a producer on. And that's the podcast. I'm not, you don't hear my voice on that. I'm completely behind the scenes on that, but I'm working very hard on that podcast too, which is with Jim Clemente and Laura Richards and Lisa Zambetti, where they discuss uh, they, they did a whole series of podcasts on the people versus O.J. Simpson and making a murder, and we're going to be doing a bunch of other new things. They have some fewer mail coming up, and it's a really interesting, good podcast. So if you dig shows like that, go ahead and do that. So that's what you can do for your pal Sully. Review on iTunes, tweet out your friends, and, you know, and say, hey, go listen to this show and listen to uh, Sully Baseball and listen to Real Crime Profile. And if you want me to do a Sunday request, go ahead. Fire me a Sunday request because I don't have one for this Sunday. I have a few, but I'm keeping them in reserve. I'm, Sully is going to go on a... Your pal Sully is going to go on a couple of trips this summer. I'm going to be on the East Coast for a little bit. I'm going to be in the Northwest a little bit. There's a possibility I could be in Virginia. And so on some of those days, i got to start... You know, i got to be the proverbial squirrel... Racking up the old acorns. And, you know, in terms of getting my Evergreen podcasts all in a row. You're not here 
to listen to me plan out my week, hearing me talking about baseball. And I'm going to be focused today on Washington. The Washington Nationals are my main focus right now. Now, as I record this, and I'm recording this, it's right around midnight on the when 10th of May is spilling into the 11th of May. Uh, as of this recording, the Washington Nationals are half a game behind the New York Mets. They're one game back in the loss column. They're tied in the win column. And they would be one of the wildcard teams. I mean, it's ridiculously early to look at wildcard stands. But as of this recording, the Nationals are well, they're a playoff team. And they, are, they, they lost a game tonight, but they're obviously they're a solid team. I think everyone thought they were going to – everyone basically predicted that this was going to be a good, solid team. And, you know, potential playoff team, lots of talent on it and everything. So they're a good club trying to get into the postseason for the third time in the last five years and finally make it over that first hump where they were one strike away of getting past the first round in 2012, and they had that epic collapse. They lost several heartbreaking games in 2014, a year they probably should have gone to the World Series. So here they go again, who their third manager in that stretch of time, and with a cast of characters that look they look good. Are they gonna be better than the Mets? I don't know. But I think it's gonna they're interchangeable at this point. It's gonna be either Mets or, or Nats. They're a good solid team. Now something happened the other day. We all know what the big story with the Nats. I'm gonna to get to that in a moment because I think it links to my theories of the universe. But let's first get a little smaller than the universe and talk about Bryce Harper. Um, there's a possibility that he could be suspended or whatever. Baseball is reviewing, this is according to the Associated Press, they are reviewing the confrontation with an umpire that Bryce Harper had the other day. Now, this is what, we, this is what happened. Ninth inning of a game uh, the other day between the Nats and the Tigers. Harper was in the dugout when an umpire named Brian Knight ejected Harper. Uh, Danny Espinosa was called out on strikes. Now, it was a close call. Uh, it wasn't as egregious as the thing that happened in the Red Sox-Yankees game. Uh, I'm still a little bitter about that, even though the Red Sox have gone on a little bit of a roll, in, <laughs> partially at the expense of the Oakland A's, which, you know, I guess that's just when you're a Red Sox fan, you got to hope your team wins no matter whom, and the Sox you know, you know, clobbered the A's today, so I'm happy the Red Sox won. Hey, guess what? People hate when I talk about the Red Sox. They're my team, and that's all I'm talking about them today. The rest is talking about the Nats. The Nats had a call go against them, and Bryce Harper started chirping from the dugout. Now, I don't know what he said. I really don't know what he said. In fact, matter, I don't care what he said. Knight ejected Bryce Harper, which at the time was a tie game in the ninth inning, and he ejected the, the National League most valuable player from the dugout. Okay? And he didn't leave the dugout. And uh, Clint Robinson hit a home run that won the game, like maybe a batter or two after the ejection. It was like right afterwards. It made the ejection essentially moot. They didn't have to put anyone else in a spot. The game was over. And when um, 
Harper came out to celebrate the Clint Robinson home run, he fired an F-bomb at the umpire. Now, okay, first of all, um, I'm going to say this out of the way because, you know, people think that I'm, I'm being too cute and cuddly for someone like Bryce Harper. You don't yell F-bombs. That's, that's a no-no. That's, that's, you know, that's just not something you do, okay? That's just don't do that. It's not good form. The cameras are on you. You are a role model whether you like it or not. Eh, lay off the F-bombs, especially when you really, really enunciate it, Okay? Just give him a glare. Give him the old Frank Robinson glare. But, uh, but be happy you won. Be happy in the end it was a moot point. The ejection was in many ways a moot point, And you can move on. Okay? Now let me, let me direct this main part of my rant to that umpire, um, Brian Knight. Brian Knight, in my opinion is the one at fault. Once you get around the fact that I'm not a fan of Bryce Harper dropping an F-bomb just because it's not good form, Brian Knight was dead wrong. I don't care. I don't possibly care what Bryce Harper yelled from the dugout. I don't care if he talked about Brian Knight's mother and two girls, one cup. I don't care what was said. Bryce Harper was in the dugout. Bryce Harper chirping at him did not affect the game. And if your pal Sully ever becomes the commissioner of baseball, there's a couple of things we're going to have to lay down some rules with the umpires. Okay? First and foremost, zero ejections from someone who is in the dugout. I, again, I don't care what they're saying. If they're in the dugout and they're yelling it from the bench, you don't eject them. The only times you may eject a player is if someone or, or a coach or a manager or whatever is if that player or manager is disrupting the flow of the game. Comes out to argue balls and strikes. Now, the reason to argue over stuff is getting you know smaller and smaller seeing that we're able to replay stuff. Now, that it's strange that ejections have gone up because more and more have started arguing balls and strikes. Easily fixed. We use a computerized strike zone. Therefore, there's no questioning it. But that's neither here nor there. That's a totally different podcast. But if you come out and you're disrupting the flow of the game and you're getting in someone's face and, you know, you umpire, let them, let them have like 10 seconds. But then you give them say, hey, hey, keep it up and I'm going to run you. And then, then you can run them. Fine. If they're on the bench, the only person who knows that someone's yelling at them is the person yelling, the people around them, and the umpire. Nobody knew that Bryce Harper said piddly poo. When they eject someone from the bench, that's just an umpire trying to take control of the game for themselves. How does Bryce Harper, being ejected from the game from the bench, what are you doing as an umpire? Nobody knew he was saying anything. Don't have rabbit ears. You know, I mean, I was a stand-up comic, and I had to deal with hecklers and things like that. You don't give them control, but you also, your job is to keep the game going, make as many correct calls as you can, and don't let other people take control of the game. They're not taking control of the game if they're yelling stuff from the bench. And I'll tell you another thing. You cannot follow the player, and you cannot 
goad them on. If someone says something you're not happy with what they're saying, but they're walking back to the bench, yell back something like, watch it next time, and you move on. And I see an umpire take the mask off and start to follow a player. To me, if, I'm the, if I am the you know, commissioner of baseball, I make sure that umpire is reprimanded. Now, they very well may be. That may be happening. They may very well be reprimanded. I don't know. But let's be transparent about it. Let's just let's find out if they are or not. Because right now it just seems like an ump can do whatever the hell they want, including eject the MVP of the league from a tie game in the ninth from the bench when nobody except that umpire knew that they were arguing. I hate that stuff. I really do. It doesn't make baseball better. It doesn't improve it, not the human L or anything like that. It's crap. It's crappity crap, 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 and I hate it. So knock it off. But the big news out of Washington, of course, was Strasburg. Steven Strasburg signed a seven-year contract extension with the Washington Nationals. Now, there's risks in that signing. There's gigantic risks in that signing. The biggest and the most foremost risk is that Strasburg has, look, he's been healthy, what, a couple of times, one or two times in his career. He was healthy in 2012, and so naturally they shut him down, and with a depleted starting pitching staff, they lost the title. Uh, he was healthy in 2014, and he had, a, he had a nice season. He's been healthy so far this year, and he's been good. Now, has he been the lights-out, electric, superstar pitcher that people thought he was going to be? Eh, not really, but he's been a good pitcher. Led the league in strikeouts and game started in 2014. He's been good. Not been great, but been good. And been giving him seven innings a start now at age 27. So now he's signed a seven-year deal. Seven-year deal. Now, what this does is it buys him out through the, his 20s. He's going to spend his entire prime in Washington, D.C. He'll have spent at least 10 seasons in Washington, D.C. And his best years. They're buying him out. So at age, he'll get ages 28, 29, 30, which are probably going to be three great, you know, terrific, you know, his, his best years, hopefully. And then three or four years at the end where hopefully you'll get some good years out of him and it not turn into an absolute catastrophe. It is a risk because he has had injury issues. And anytime you lock some up long-term and they have injury issues, yeah, things can backfire. We could be talking about this contract in 2021, 2022, going like, oh, my God, what were they thinking? What were they thinking? But what this does is it really creates a... A chain reaction of events that is really difficult to downplay. I've talked about my theories of the universe before. That I see the entire universe as a series of chain reactions, of connections and reactions. Some we have control over, some we don't. I don't believe in designers. I don't believe in deities. I don't believe in, in grand plans. I think things, but I also do not believe that things are random. 
I think that things are part of a chain reaction. We have some control over some. Some are based on our decisions, some we have no control over whatsoever. But one thing that happened with Steven Strasberg is by signing a long-term deal with the Washington Nationals. First of all, he would have been the single biggest free agent pitcher on the market going into next year's offseason. Now they're all just spare parts. There is no ace that you can just pick up via free agency. You can't do it. There won't be an ace. There may be a pitcher who turns into an ace. There may be a pitcher who you pick up and they wind up having a remarkable season. Yeah, of course that's possible. But Strasburg was the key free agent, and now he's off the market. And when you take a look at some of the other pitchers who are available, uh, their life just got really good. If you're Edinson Volquez, if you're R.A. Dickey, if you're Scott Casimir, you know, if you're a Scott Feldman, you're looking at your Clay Buckholz, you're looking that this is going to be a big, huge payday because teams always have to sign pitchers in the offseason, and the big Mongo signer is off the market. And so what that means is Strasburg is going to pitch every great season, potential great season, and probably a bunch of potential lousy seasons in a Washington Nationals uniform. He's there for the long haul. And that also means that if you take a look at some of the players, if you want to get a really good pitcher in this year, or going into next year. You're going to have to pull off a trade. You're going to have to either raid the Japanese or Cuban markets and cross your fingers that you're going to get a U Darvish. Or you're going to do what? Trade for a Jeremy Hellickson? A Matt Latos? It's made the act of putting together reinforcements in the pitching staff a much more complicated situation than it was before. If you're a team like the Angels or the Yankees who desperately need to have pitching depth, if they have any, any pretensions of becoming a pennant contending team, then it just got a lot harder. You've got to find the diamonds in the roughs and hope that you can make your own Jake Arrieta's. You've got to be able to raid the, the foreign free agent markets, or you've got to make a shrewd trade. If the A's continue to crumble, they have a chip in Sonny Gray who could deliver them two or three excellent parts if they make the right deal. Will they? I don't know. I don't know and you don't know. I'd like to see Sonny Gray stay with the Oakland A's, but I don't think that's going to happen. But the other thing that I find interesting is with the Nationals saying, hey, look, we're going to keep the band together here. What will that mean regarding Bryce Harper? Now, Bryce Harper is, has a few more years before he's even eligible for free agency. And remember, Bryce Harper, as of this recording, is 23. And this is his fifth season. If he signs a five-year extension, or if, he, if, if the Nats buy him out 
for the next five years. He could still go to free agency and be in his 20s. He could get potentially two gigantic paydays in his life. But the notion that for big market teams, we're just going to sit back and wait for the big free agents to hit the market. Strasburg threw a big wrench in that, and now they've got to turn their attention to Harper. Because if you could keep Harper and Strasburg and say, do you know what, they're each going to play 10 seasons with the Nats, all their best seasons are going to be with the Nats, then you're basically sending a message to all of baseball that said, you know, we're in this for the long haul. We're going to spend money. We're going to do it right. Now, what will this mean for Buckholz? It means that probably someone will overpay. What will that mean for Matt Harvey? Well, he's probably going to try to cash in as well. What will that mean if you're a team that has a good pitcher and is falling out of contention in an awful hurry? You know, you can't help but think about a team like, you know, San Diego has some potential pitchers. You know, I can't help but think about the Houston Astros. You know, if you wind up looking at a Doug Fister, if you wind up looking at a Scott Feldman, and if the Astros continue to fall, teams are going to get desperate. And desperate teams pay more than they should. And a lot of this is going to be a little bit of chaos. You know, last year you had Grinky is going to exchange teams. Uh, Cole Hamels was traded. Price was traded and then signed, although he's not pitched like an ace yet with the Red Sox. You saw a tremendous amount of movement amongst pitchers. Johnny Cueto going from the Reds to the Royals to the Giants. You're not going to see that this year, probably. You're not going to see that because there's no big honking ace that's out there. Which is why Sonny Gray, as a, as a trade chip, if the A's continue to not do particularly well, the A's should hold out and try to get the best possible haul. They should ask teams, I want your three best prospects. You want Sonny Gray? The th okay, let me look at your list. Three best ones come to me. And if you're a team that's teetering on the brink of contention, you've got to consider doing that. Because how else are you going to get an ace? How else are you going to put together the kind of team that you need with that pitching depth? This is the ripple effect of Steven Strasburg saying, do you know what, I'm, I'm not going to take the free agent route. That's not the route I'm going to take. I'm going to stay here. I'm fine being a Washington National for every good year of my career and maybe a few of the bad ones. This is the effect. This is how the universe works. An event happens and a chain reaction goes along with it. Steven Strasburg was probably on the wish list of Yankee fans or of Phillies fans or of Angels fans. And then, now quite frankly, if Strasburg gets hurt, then they may have avoided a bullet. You know, if Strasburg gets hurt, then we could be meeting here three or four years on Sully Baseball Daily Podcast talking about the worst contracts in baseball, and that includes Steven Strasburg. If the Nationals win with Strasburg pitching for them, and by win, I mean win the whole kit and also the caboodle, then, well, who knows? We may say that this was just the price of doing business. 
there's some Phillies fans I know who have that point of view in terms of the Ryan Howards and some of the other contracts that just became anvils. But the fact of the matter is this. The Nats are going in. They're going in big time with their third manager in five years and trying to get their third division title in five years and trying to lock something up and make, it a, make a great run at it. If they're going to do it, they're going to do it with Steven Strasburg and maybe with Bryce Harper locked up with his prime as well. But if you're expecting to get an ace, it's going to cost you your future. And that's all there is to it. All because Steven Strasburg decided, eh, I'll make my millions here. I don't need to buy a new place. Life's funny that way, isn't it? Who owned baseball? Jay Happ shut down the Giants for eight and two-thirds shutout innings, and Toronto won that 4 nothing. Ryan Rua went three for five, including a three-run go-ahead home run in the eighth inning that ended a wild 13-11 comeback by the Rangers over the White Sox. If the White Sox fall, start to fall, they look at this game as one of those moments where you're like, oh, man, what, what happened to us? Former Giant, former Red, current Cardinal Mike Leake had eight strong innings, lining up only one run. Cardinals beat the Angels 8-1 to one in that same game. Matt Carpenter homered twice for St. Lou. Half-wobs, Chris Devinsky pitched into the seventh, pitched very well, but got a hard luck loss as the Astros fell to Cleveland for nothing. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman of the Nationals homered twice, but the Nats lost 5-4. to four. Uh, Matt Cain of the Giants, he looked good, I have to say. I, as someone who wants to see the Giants do well, I was happy to see Matt Cain give him eight innings and two runs, even though he got a tough luck loss. And another Cain, it was good, good day to be last name Cain. Lorenzo Cain got three home runs, but the defending champion Royals lost to the Yankees 10-7. to And uh, let me just say, the Royals are not on a good streak right now. KC... Uh, is currently on a three-game losing streak and are tied for third place. The White Sox, uh, seven games behind the White Sox, and the Indians are creeping back into it. Look out. So if you keep me scoring home, Jay Hat, Ryan Rua, uh, Mike Leake, and Matt Carpenter got full wops, half wops, Lorenzo Kane, Matt Kane, Ryan Zimmerman, and Mike Davinsky. Uh, go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Running a little bit long today, this has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 11th day of May 2016, explaining how the universe works. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.